All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet and lovable host, so I've been told. Yeah, I am. Hey, I hope that you take the time today to stay with us for the whole show. And I also want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're on and make sure that you follow our show whenever we're up. Okay. It really, really does help us out. And we're just so thankful that you have chosen to spend some time with us. And by the way, speaking of the chosen, I want to let you know last week when we did our show, the chosen, the the chosen deception, uh, we got a lot of good feedback from you. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to communicate with us your thoughts about the show. You know, as I stated in that show, I'm not telling you not to watch it. I'm just telling you to be aware of what's in it. Um, And so just go back, watch the show again if you missed it. If you didn't, that's okay too. You're here. Today, we have a lot of interesting things that we're going to talk about. But as always, the first thing I want to say is you don't forget God's Word. Don't forget reading God's Word. We're going, to, we're going to start this show talking about the Word. But before I do that, I want to remind you that you can go visit my website, BibleNewsRadio.com or HeartTug.org. It takes you to the exact same place. You can go there. You can learn more about the different areas of ministry that we have. We actually have a Bible study coming up this Thursday, which is tomorrow, unless you're watching this after Thursday. (laughs) Um, We're going to be doing that. Um, If you want to get involved in any of my online studies, make sure you get on my email list because that's where I tell people what's going on, okay? If you want to hear from me every day, then get on my Bible News Radio text message list um, and text team unstuck to uh, 33222. That's for my Bible reading accountability list. I text every day on that one. Um, If you want show updates, you want updates about what we do in our Daily Disciples Facebook group, where we're currently actually reading Leviticus. Great book, by the way. A lot of people go, ooh, Leviticus, ooh. (sighs) Really, you have to read the book. Don't go, ooh, read the book. It's a good book. Anyway, um, we're currently reading through Leviticus. We're almost done, actually, um, in our Daily Disciples Facebook group. Want you in there because our goal here is to get you in the Word and to disciple you, to put you around other people who are passionate about the Word of God, right? Now, look, you know, yesterday I was with a friend of mine and and one of the things that we did together was we read, we read Psalm 119. And I have to tell you, it was so cool just reading it. Um, and, and yet in my conversation with her, one of the things that came out for me was that I, you know, we all have different gifts in the body, right? Some people are intercessors. Some people just, they can pray for everybody. They want to hear your prayer request. They, they will pray at the drop of a hat. I actually have a friend at Pickleball who is like that? She comes up, lays hands on you, <laughs> and prays for you, whether you want to be prayed for or not. You get prayed for, you know. Um, but then there's other people like me. That's not my gift. Um, you know, intercessory prayer is not my gift. I do pray. I'm a, I'm a woman of prayer for sure, but I'm not a person that carries that mantle and says, you know, that that's my gift. <laughs> it's not my gift. Truly, is exhortation, counsel, and and encouraging people. Oops, and hitting myself with the microphone. Encouraging people in the word and making myself laugh at the same time. <laughs> you know, we could cut that, but we're not going to because it's too funny, and it wouldn't be this show unless there was something like that, right? Um, but anyway. Anyway, if you want to be in one of our Bible studies, get on my email list. You get info about that. If you want some good, sound, biblical counseling, then I'm your woman, you know. And if you don't want to hire me, then you can, I, can, I can give you some referrals to some other people. Uh, but that's something else that we do. Um, and that's a case-by-case basis, by the way. I have a sliding scale I work on. So if you are somebody who you, you need some help right now, and a lot of people do, I will tell you that. There is no shame in getting yourself some help if you need it. Okay? Hey, I get it. I'm getting it. Just so you know, I need all the help I can get. 
Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So, uh, so anyway, that is the main thing. Don't forget also, if you like what we do, uh, please donate to Heart Tug. You know, there's a donate button there on our website. We're a nonprofit. Anything you donate to us helps goes back into um, doing the ministry that we do here. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you to all of our pillars of the community who already do that. And uh, just know that it doesn't go unnoticed, and we really, really appreciate all of you doing that. So, all right. So, today's Bible passage is Psalm 12. Today we're going to look at Psalm 12, and I'm actually reading this year through the modern English version, which is uh, a lot like the King James. And so here's what it says. Here's what Psalm 12 says, and I have a couple of thoughts about this I'd like you to uh consider as we read. So it says here, Psalm 12, for the music director, according to the Sheminith, I don't know if I said that right. Did I say that right, Randall? I guess so. It's, okay. it's, 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 it's one of those things that were, that what they, what it probably is, I guess I could put myself on the screen, but. You don't have to. Anyway. Um, you know, it's probably like sung to the tune of, or there were some melodies that were, Known at that time and common, mm. making it easier to learn these psalms. Okay. But we've since lost those, so yeah, we so have. that we just literally translate it according to, well, transliterate it because we don't know what that is. So. See, that was worth pausing for, wasn't it? All right. <laughs> this is a psalm of David, who is a man after God's own heart, and I, I totally resonate with David. This is what he said. Help, Lord. For the godly man comes to an end. For the faithful disappear from sons of men. They speak empty words, each with his own neighbor. They speak with flattering lips and a double heart. The Lord will cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are in our control. Who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy sigh, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words. They are silver tried in an earthen furnace, refined seven times. You will keep them, O Lord. You will preserve them from this generation. The wicked walk on every side when the worthless of mankind are exalted. There you go. Gotta tell you, this is a very interesting psalm. And I read it this morning. Today is January 19th, by the way. Um, I read it because you gotta remember David, okay? Remember, David was a shepherd first, he took care of sheep. Um, he was the baby of the family. I believe he even had red hair. So, you know overlooked by his brothers um, and stuff. And when he was called to be king, um, you know, it, it was a big shock to everybody in his family. But here he is, now a king, right? And he pens these words, and he's asking the Lord for help. I love this, because this tells you that just because he's a king doesn't mean that he can't ask God for help. Um, he realized that he needed God's help. And so who are we, those of us who aren't kings and queens, you know? Um, but, you know, it's interesting. He talks about the godly man coming to an end, but then he also talks about the wicked. And what really stood out to me this morning was verse 3, which says, The Lord will cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are in our control. Who is master over us? Now, this application that that I have it just came to me. It made me think of social media today. <laughs> it made me think of big tech. It made me think of, of all the censorship and the control by the elite, by the billionaire people out there who are controlling the speech of people online just like this show and you know it's interesting and i say this because when i'm because 17 years ago when i started this show and we were doing a podcast and eventually you know a number of years ago we went on video i didn't have to worry about anything that i said 
being taken down by a social media platform. I just spoke what my truth was. I spoke what the Bible says. I spoke out against sin and I got attacked by people engaged in the sin, but I never got censored by the platform I was on. Right. And so there's a lot of ministries today that a lot of pastors, a lot of churchmen and churches who are censoring their speech now on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, on other platforms. And it's not just, believe it or not, it is not just Christian ministries. I have a friend who is a narcissism expert. She has a narcissism channel. And um, she recently posted in Facebook that um, she asked in her group to be careful with even um, sharing a story about being abused by a narcissist because Facebook has now cracked down even on language where it may be descriptive of the person, they're calling it hate speech. So that's that's a complete different venue here than what we do, which I think some people would consider what we talk about hate speech too. But in a non-secular platform, even in that helping ministry, it's not a ministry, but that helping community, my friends are being censored there too. So when I read this, the Lord will cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things who have said with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are in control. Who is master over us? Guess who is master over everybody, people? It is the Lord. The Lord will bring down the proud for sure. Right now, these big tech people, they think that they are all that in a bag of chips. They are arrogant. They are prideful. They flatter. The media flatters. They have their, you know, things that they talk about. Um, But you know what? The Lord's words, if you continue to read through here in verse 6, there's this contrast. There's the contrast between the proud that we just talked about and then in verse Verse 6, it says, the words of the Lord are pure words. They are silver tried in an earthen furnace, refined seven times. Think about that, right? It, It doesn't matter how long the flatterers and those who speak proud things talk. And their arrogance, they say, who's going to prevail over them? Their words are nothing compared to God's word. And so that's why with the utmost boldness, I can tell you I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm going to continue to declare the gospel, the word of God, as long as God gives me breath to be able to do so. Um, We might have to be a little bit discerning and use things a little bit differently in order to get the word across. But the the reality is, is that we are in a spiritual battle. And I I will tell you last night, Randall and I both had demonic dreams. <laughs> it was just kind of interesting. We woke up this morning. I told Randall what my dream was, and he told me he had a dream. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And you know what we didn't do last night? We didn't pray before we went to sleep. And yet I have to tell you that normally we do. Um, but, you know, there is a battle for your mind. There is a real spiritual battle for your mind. And, you know, we're seeing it worked out throughout the whole world you got the proud boasters who are trying to oppress the godly um and they think that they're going to win and it might appear at some point on earth that they will because they're going to wipe out the godly supposedly but i'm here to tell you that the lord is going to win and randall i don't know if you want to say anything to that or not but i kind of amen okay okay (laughs) wasn't sure if you wanted to say anything else on that. So anyway, so we're going to give you some stories now, though, too. And, and, and here's my encouragement. My, my encouragement is as you listen to the lying media, keep in mind they are lying to you, okay? Uh, don't, be, don't be, I was going to say stupid. <laughs> you're not stupid. Don't be naive and think that everything you're hearing coming out of the TV is legit, man, because it's not. I'm about to tell you what is. This is what's legit. The holy word of God. This is God's word. This is, happens to be the version that I'm reading. This is the modern English version here. You know, the only thing that you can really rely on is this book, what's coming out of the book. And um, I know that that sounds 
sounds great to you, those of you who understand that God's words are pure. But those of you who are like, well, you know, the Bible's a bunch of fairy tales, and we'll get to a story about that, actually. Um, you know, you're like, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> but here's the thing, okay? So, um, the first story I want to talk about is, I'm not sure which one it is, Randall, the, the, the Biden administration, that one? Well, yeah, okay. Or do you want me to do the other one? The the kid one? Sure, since that's going okay. to be the title. So we have a lot of stories here, people. It's just me and Randall. So, okay. All right. So this story is over on World Net Daily. Um, and you're not going to, you're not, this, this is very concerning. Okay. So this is titled, Huge Number of Dems, referring to Democrats, want the unvaxxed to lose custody of kids. Um, let's look at this. Because I'm sure that depending on where you get your media, you might not have heard of this. But listen to this. I'm going to gonna read this here on my computer. It says here, uh, Democrats were more than twice as likely as other voters to favor harsh government restrictions being placed on unvaccinated people's lives, ranging from fines and house arrests to imprisonment in government facilities and a loss of child custody in a recent poll conducted by Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute. 48% of Democratic voters said the government should be able to fine or imprison those who publicly question the COVID-19 vaccine's efficacy, while only 27% of all voters supported the proposal, according to the poll results. Fines against those who refused to take the vaccine were viewed favorably by 55% of the Democratic voters and just 19% of Republicans, and 59% of Democrats favored a policy requiring unvaccinated people to stay inside their home at, uh, homes at all times, except for emergencies, the poll found. 79% of Republicans opposed a house arrest policy for unvaccinated people, which makes me wonder. I guess so there's parts of there's still part of the Republicans that that want you to be under house arrest if you're not vaccinated. 45% of Democratic respondents favored the government forcing people into, quote, designated facilities, unquote, until they get the vaccine, a measure opposed by 71% of all voters, a government program using digital devices to track the movements of unvaccinated people and ensure that they are quarantined or socially distancing was opposed by two-thirds of likely voters, but 47% of Democratic respondents supported the idea of such a program. 29 it's, prob it's probably already happening. But yeah. 29% of Democratic voters said the government should take people's children from them if they refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine a measure viewed favorably by 7% of Republicans and 11% of unaffiliated voters. So the story was originally published by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Um, and um, I have to tell you that if this does not concern you, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? If this doesn't concern you, uh, then I am very concerned about you because this should totally concern you. Um, for a couple of reasons, I want to share something with you. Um, well, actually, before I, I comment on that, let's go to the Biden administration making a list, okay? Because this kind of ties in these two stories go together, and then I have a commentary about that. So the Biden administration... Um, uh, Sarah Parcel Perry, who's the daughter of Janet and Craig Parcel, she's an attorney herself. She writes over on Heritage.org, uh, Biden administration making lists of religious vaccine objectors. Um, I'm going to try to read it off the screen, so because I because this has got too many things on it here. It says a tiny administrative agency in the District of Columbia announced a new policy Tuesday that will likely serve as a model for for a whole of government push to assemble lists of Americans who object on religious grounds to COVID-19 vaccine. The pretrial services agency for the District of Columbia, a federal independent entity that assists 
officers in the District of Columbia courts in formulating release recommendations and providing supervision and services to defendants awaiting trial announced a new record system that will store the names and, quote, personal religious information, unquote, of all employees who make, quote, religious accommodation requests for religious exemption from the federally mandated vaccine vaccination requirement. The announcement does not explain why the agency needs to create this list, except to say that it will assist the agency in the collecting, storing, dissemination, and disposal of employee religious exemption request information collected and maintained by the agency. In other words, the list will help the agency make a list. The announcement also does not say what the agency will do with this information after it has decided an employee's religious accommodation request. And neither does the announcement explain why the Biden administration chose to test the policy in an agency with a majority black staff who are both more religious and less vaccinated than any other groups. So much for the president's commitment to racial equality. I'm not going to read the rest. You can read the rest because this is the gist of this article. Okay. So the question is, should the government be making a list of people who are rejecting the vaccine on the basis of their religious beliefs and not just Christian religious beliefs, any religious beliefs. And, you know, a a Muslim may not want the vaccine or, you know, or something, you know, or any other religion out there. Should the government be doing that? No, (laughs) no, 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 no. And no, 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 no. Did I say no? Yes, I did. No. No. And you know, it's interesting. Um, One of my friends uh, on Facebook, he wrote this regarding that. And he he raised some uh, interesting questions. I want to read this and then bareface, I want you to comment. So Ed writes, well, there's a prohibition against the federal government maintaining a gun registry. So I would think the same reasoning would apply to vaccination. Of course, the violation of the HIPAA laws would be the first item. Then, of course, prohibition against the requiring a national ID and a list would be an electronic ID and the anti-discrimination laws. And how would they get around them? Now we know there is fake ID and ID theft nationwide. Uh, How would a stolen vaccine ID be handled? Will there be an entirely new federal vaccination police By what authority and would a violation be a felony because I don't know of any federal misdemeanor laws? Will a new court system be created or just overload the present one? And what about jails? What, should we send them to Australia? We have a story about Australia in a little bit, but I thought Ed raises a great point. If if there's no federal um, law about like a gun registry, and there's not, there might be in each different state, but there's not federally. And then we have HIPAA laws, right? I mean, this is our right. This is our medical privacy, right? The the vaccine is not. I mean, did you forget there is HIPAA, right? <laughs> HIPAA, right? It's supposed to protect you. Doctors should not be able to tell other people if you've got vaccinated or not, right? So we got HIPAA. That's basically been thrown out the window. Wait, hold on. There's HIPAA. Whoop. Let's start it out the window because, hey, either you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated. Uh, What's the underlying goal of the Biden administration for wanting to have this registry? I have some ideas, but I have a husband who's hunky and handsome who I call bareface who might want to comment. There you are. (laughs) And what if I don't want to comment? Well, I don't know. I thought maybe you might want to comment on this. Well, you know, I think back to yesteryear uh, when my father applied for a security, special, you know, certain security clearance uh, in a government job that was military related. And this was back in the 1970s before the Internet was really a thing. It was it was there as ARPANET, but not anyway. Um, he was denied the security clearance and I guess, I don't know when the Freedom Information Act came out or whatever, I don't know, but he got 
the results of the uh, he was able to get you know why the the clearance was denied and in this report was people that they had talked to from like his childhood things like that that he didn't volunteer that information no i used to live you know you know i used to be friends with this kid on this street or whatever but somehow you know the the investigating bodies from the federal government were able to like go back and get all this stuff talk to these people whatever that was then and now we carry these we carry these things on our person they're a bug they're trackers yes siri hey google whatever that an internet connected microphone that's on 24 7 not my phone <laughs> got a microphone blocker on but that's okay. There are a couple others in the house. And the smart TVs have microphones on them and whatever. We're doomed, people. Uh, we're doomed. I'm it's the bottom line is we're all doomed. Yes. It's not good. No. But I'm just saying that I imagine that there's a great deal of tracking and tracing going on right now. Here's another. You don't have to imagine it. I was talking to a friend of mine about <laughs> right. wanting new shoes. Next thing you know, Google's telling me yeah, to go to but, Uggs. But as far as the federal government is right. concerned, okay. here's here's one. Here's anecdotal, and of course this is hearsay. It's second party, but okay. I the I don't believe the man would have a reason to lie. And this was back in the '80s. Okay, back in the 1980s. Um. And anyway, talking to this guy, had his own engineering firm, small engineering firm, and he got a contract to make this little tiny plastic part, little kind of rectangular thing for, it went in the uh, in the space packs for spacewalking, you know, the kind of jet packs, and they had a little, huh. yeah. anyway, the little joysticks on them, and there was a little part that went in that, he got that part. Um, he got it job do that that went into a bigger assembly that was being built by rockwell international if you remember them mm -hmm. i don't even know I, do. I, I don't know if they are either but anyway so he had he had to go there to this uh certain rockwell facility to you know talk about this and get you know how his part is fitting this assembly and you know anyway so a huge facility with lots of gates and and but he, when he got there, he couldn't figure out. Things weren't well marked, where the visitor's interest or anything like that. So he parked in one of the many parking lots and began walking along the outside the facility. Like, where do I get in this place? Mm -hmm. And so security stopped him. And then they said, yeah, can I help you? He said, yeah, I'm here to whatever. And so they took him in one of the guard shacks, you know, and they had a thumbprint scanner, and he, they scanned his thumb, and, oh, okay, you are, you know, and they said his name, and they confirmed his identity. All right, all well and good, but this was before you used a thumbprint for driver's licenses, because it's back in the 80s, and when you're born, you know, if you do anything, they take your footprints, because your fingerprints aren't, and he said, I don't remember Ever in my life giving a thumbprint for anything. My fingerprint, well, him. Yeah, but he didn't. And here is this, this private, you know, private industry that has a government contract that somehow has his thumbprint on file. And he's like, I have no idea how they got my thumbprint. Let alone the associated. Don't you know that there was somebody in a bar one day when he had a glass of whatever, his, his thumb was on it, and, well. and they went and they took it? I saw that in a movie once. Yeah, yeah, piece of tape. You can, yeah, you can lift fingerprints that way. There you go. Um, anyway, but so that was back then. So those two things, you know, the security, you know, clearance investigation and the thumbprint, 1970s 1980s here we are in the well you know good start in the 21st century and um yeah so well, i don't doubt that what do what would what do you think would be the um you know and and let me just clarify audience this um you can get vaccinated or you don't have to get vaccinated right in a free country that is yeah but we're being forced by the government to 
get vaccinated. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't want to get vaccinated, which means that if they're forcing you to and they're going to take your kids away and they're going to make a list because you're religious and you don't want to get it based on religious grounds, why aren't they doing that with the vaccinated? And then the other question I have is, what about those who've been injured by the vaccine? You know, there, there, there's a whole couple of organizations out there. I got like an eyelash in my eye or something <laughs> um, that have already documented over a million people have been injured by the vaccine. Over a million. And that doesn't include dead people. That doesn't include the people that have died because of the vaccine. Okay, this show's probably going to be B-A-N-N-E-D by YouTube and Facebook. But whatever, the truth of the matter is, though, there are lots of people. Right now, one of my closest friends in the world, her husband is basically fighting for his life because he was severely injured by this vaccine. And, and he's stressed about it because it's injured his heart. And, and it's like, look, you know what? <laughs> so you got to ask yourself, Why? Right. And I'm just going to go back to what we've talked about before. And that is um, there's a worldview out there. There's two two big worldviews. There's a biblical one like that believes what this book teaches and who this book is about. And there's an unbiblical one about, you know, basically it's actually really if I really want to be technical, they're both biblical worldviews. It's just one's the evil side and one's the good side because the biblical worldview actually is, contrasts the wicked and the good, the wicked and the righteous. The righteous side is like, hey, Jesus is it. He's king. We're going to do everything that he said because if we don't, we're going to hell, basically. <laughs> the other side says, hey, let's follow the devil and let's go to hell because we don't believe it exists, right? Just say, you know. Um, and so these people who are, um, you know, advocating taking away your freedom, your medical freedom, this is the right to your own body. You know, I read, I read something yesterday and um, I wrote about it on my Facebook page. Those of you who are on my Facebook page, Stacey Lynn, you can find me on Facebook, just ask to become my friend. Um, I wrote about Psalm 8, and one of the things that stood out to me in Psalm 8, and I'm just going to read part of this, because I thought, ooh, this is the Lord, you know, gave gave me this insight. I wouldn't have had this on my own. Um, but in Psalm 8, which I'm trying to find here, hold on a second, I'm scrolling through my, my notes here. Um, I apparently write a lot on my Facebook page. Well, actually, I'll just read it out of my own Bible here. I'll just pull it up here because I know what I wrote and I can just say it. Okay, so in Psalm 8, uh, Keith Green made this song, this psalm very popular years ago. It starts out this way. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength because of your enemies to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars, which you have established, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you attend to him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. And this is the part, pay attention to this. Okay. Verse six, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatever travels the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name and all the earth. So what stood out to me in this passage was, what the Lord has given man dominion over. Um, you know, there's some people out there who, who use the word dominion in an unbiblical way. But what the Lord has given mankind dominion over, it specifically says here, all the works of God's hands that they have put under the feet. Sheep and oxen, beasts of the field, so that's all the other animals, um, birds of the air, fish in the sea, and whatever travels in the sea. What does it say that, that it, it doesn't say anywhere in this word 
that God has given mankind dominion over mankind. Now think about that, because when I thought about it, I was like, wow, I never thought about that before. And yet, slavery is man having dominion over another man, right? Um, You know, any type of physical abuse, that's, you know, a person who's been abused sexually or, or physically or mentally even, spiritually, any type of abuse, that's another human being, man taking dominion over another man or a child. Um. God did not give us that power. He is supposed to have be the head over us. He's the one that has, quote, dominion over us, not mankind. We don't have dominion over mankind. So when you have these corrupt, wicked governments basically telling you, you know what? I am telling you what you can do with your own body. I'm telling you that you have to get this medical procedure, so, you know, this, this shot, because I'm telling you it's going to be better for you. When all the evidence suggests completely the opposite. You know, I mean, if you look at the evidence, <laughs> over a million people have been injured by this and died. And some have died. You know, I don't even know how many have died. But over a million people have been injured by these vaccines. Like permanently injured. Uh, another friend of mine this morning I saw, actually I think they posted on my Facebook page, you know, they said a couple of their relatives had strokes after getting these vaccines. One of the biggest side effects of these vaccines is heart issues. If your heart stops ticking people, you're pretty much dead. Okay? And so the people that have want to have dominion over you and tell you how to control your body are those godly people. No! No, no, no. And no, they're not. Now, check this out. There's a story coming out of Australia, and um, this was an interesting story. This was published January 15th over on Christianity Daily, uh, and it's titled, Hillsong Apologizes for Breaking Australian Government's Ban on Singing and Dancing. Now, Hillsong, you might recall, is a church. Listen to this. It says, Hillsong Church has issued an apology after footage of hundreds of people in a youth camp singing and dancing caught the attention of New South Wales Premier Dominic uh, Perotet, I guess. I don't know. Who remarked he was, quote, completely shocked by the lack of public safety precautions in the midst of Australia's surging COVID cases. Health authorities ordered participants to immediately stop singing and dancing as the NSW police intervened to ensure future compliance with COVID restrictions in the state. Okay, let me ask you something. The health authorities are trying to exert their dominion over other people who are singing and dancing. Now, that's one thing, but think about it. Who is it singing and dancing, and what are they singing and dancing about? It's Hillsong Church, people. They are singing and dancing about the Lord. That's what they're singing and dancing about. They are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Um, And yet the health authorities are trying to exert their dominion over these people by uh, saying that they, they didn't. In, they're not complying with COVID restrictions. It's ridiculous. And it says here, we regret giving any perception. This was the apology. That we were not playing our part to keep NSW safe. And we sincerely apologize to the community at large. Hillsong said in a statement released on Friday as reported by ABC News. The Australian-based Global Evangelical Church Network denied that, that the youth group camp where... where Hundreds of participants were seen in a video maskless singing and dancing inside a large tent as artists perform on stage was a musical festival. These are high school aged events that include sporting activities and games, Hillsong Church explained. They are alcohol free events held outdoors and the number of students attending each camp is just over 200. According to the Christian Post, Premier Parat somebody, I don't know how to say the guy's name, sorry was incredibly disappointed after seeing footage of the event, which he believed was not in compliance with Australia's exemptions for religious groups. Uh, Singing and dancing at a major recreational facility is in breach of the public health order. New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard 
seriously. <laughs> Explained in a statement released on Thursday. Sometimes you just have to laugh at the names. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> but Hillsong Church insisted that ensuring the safety of those attending Hillsong events and supporting the wider community effort to, to keep Australia safe are both priorities for our church as per their statement. Blah, 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 blah. The point is, is how ridiculous this is. I mean, this is an example of tyranny. Okay? That's exactly what is it, it is. There, there's, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's zero evidence talking about singing and dancing and how it, you can, like, spread this disease, COVID-19. Randall? Well, the problem is, is that these are church camps. Right. The, the Australian government has already set up their own camps for the unvaccinated. Yes. And relocating people to them. So and separating how, children from parents. Who, yeah, yeah. So, so how dare the church have its own camps of vaccinated or unvaccinated people? I guess it doesn't matter because the you know because COVID spreads among the vaccinated. As much as the unvaccinated, more so because of the vaccine. But I guess, but I guess they don't experience it as badly if they contract it. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, I think kind of that's the real issue is that uh, yeah, can't have the church having their own camps. So, and yet, here's a story for you about a Bible. <laughs> Uh, Great segue. Yeah, it is because this is this is cool. One of the things you guys know, if you watch us all the time, is that I love these stories about Bibles in the news, right? And Bible news radio, right there. See, Bible news radio. I always find every. I, I do a keyword search. I get email every day on the word Bible that's literally in the news. And here is a story about a missing Bible that was found after 15 years. And I guess we're just going to read this. Okay, so it says here, Victory Church Pastor Paul Daughtery, I guess is how you say his name, lost his personal Bible 15 years ago. Now that Bible has been found and is helping another person. The Bible had belonged to Daughtery for many years, and he even made it his own journal, filled with notes, underlines, and thoughts scribbled throughout. Although it wasn't his first missing Bible, it was a meaningful one. It's like losing a journal. It's like losing something that you had sensitive thoughts and moments in your life that you opened up and you wrote about, the, the pastor said. He learned that the Bible was found at a local shelter by a man named Clayton many years ago. Clayton was my dad's name too, by the way. He told Two News that Clayton treasured the Bible ever since he found it, and Clayton started attending church at Victory to hear Paul preach. At the beginning of January, Clayton showed up at Victory showing the Bible to Paul. Paul Daughtery, who's the pastor, said, at first, I was like, no way, this is not my Bible because I hadn't seen it in so long. Then I recognized the handwriting, and I was like, that's definitely my handwriting. My question is, didn't he write his name inside the Bible? Obviously. <laughs> he said the shock set in, and he got emotional after learning how his Bible helped Clayton. He, Clayton, said, I have read this off and on. He's like, I've kind of been on this journey of trying to find God, trying to live a better life. And he said, I just got saved. And he's like, this Bible has meant so much to me, the pastor said. Uh, Daughtery hopes Clayton continues to come to his church. But for those out there who have lost something special, uh, the pastor has a message for you to change their perspective and recognize that they didn't lose it because God's going to use it to help someone else that's in need. The Bible remains with Clayton, and Daughtery feels that's exactly where it's meant to be. And Randall told me that I need to remember that because years ago, I lost the Bible. It was one of my favorite Bibles. To this day, I still don't know where it is, but I read all these stories about Bibles being found. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, bring me my Bible for when I was a teenager. Um, but Randall reminded me what this pastor said was that maybe, maybe my lost Bible is actually someplace else. And, but here's the reason I bring this story up. The reason I bring this up is if the Bible isn't such a significant book, right? If the Bible isn't the truth about the narrative of the world, right? The history of the world and stuff. Why, why does the news cover these type of stories? They have a gazillion other things they could put on the news, but why a story about a lost Bible being reunited or being used you know, to save somebody else, 
and being reunited with a pastor who lost it, who said that the guy that found it could keep it. Why? If it's not, if it's not legitimately the truth, you know, I mean, that's the question. Uh, it tells me that it's legitimately the truth. You don't see these stories about the book of Quran or the book of Mormon or Jehovah's watchtowers magazine, or any new age mantra or the secret or anything like that. It's not like you've seen like with Rhonda Burns secret, you haven't seen the original, her copy of the secret was lost and then somebody found it and they, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is Rhonda's copy. And Oh my gosh, it changed my life. I got to call channel two news and you know, talk about it. You, you, you don't see that. You don't see it with the Book of Mormon. You don't see it with the Pearl of Great Price. You don't see it with doctrines and covenants. You don't see it with the, the, you know, any other, the other, the Bhagavad you don't see it with any other book that's religious, so to speak, but the holy written word of God, you see this. And I will sit corrected. If you out there watching this show can find me a news story with any other religious book that finds its owner or gets lost and gets reunited with its owner, if you find one of those stories, then send it my way. I'll highlight it on the show. I have not found those yet. Haven't found it. I, the only stories that keep showing up in the news are about the Bible. And it's the same thing with like when there's natural disaster and the Bible's the only thing that's left, you know, <laughs> or there's a cross and a Bible or something. It's never the Book of Mormon or, you know, any of these other things that like get, get news. It's like, oh my gosh, the Book of Mormon, it's left over. I can't believe it. Joseph Smith was watching over me. I mean, they, they don't. Okay. I think I made my point. Okay. Um, yeah, so with that said, <laughs> that leads me to another story. And this one is actually kind of sad. This concerns, um, a Christian hip hop artist fanatic. Now, if you're as old as me, uh, then you're in your fifties. I'm 53. Um, you, you may not be very familiar with fanatic. I actually have heard the term, the name fanatic, uh, I don't listen to hip hop. I know I'm super cool and stuff, but I'm not that cool. Uh, <laughs> um, but Julie Roy's my friend over on her on her um, website, julieroy's.com. This this is an article that one of her writers wrote titled "Pioneering Christian Hip Hop Artist Fanatic Renounces His Faith." And by the way, fanatic is spelled P H A N A T I K. Okay. So Brady, that's his real name, Brady, quote, fanatic, Goodwin, uh, founding member member of Grammy-nominated Christian hip-hop group The Cross Movement, and in recent years, an apologetics teacher. Now, if you don't know what apologetics are, I will just tell you, apologetics simply stated is being able to defend what you believe, to know what you believe, and to know why you believe it. Uh, The book... um, Evidence that demands a verdict written by Josh McDowell is an apologetics book. It's a book that tells you the evidence of the resurrection in the Bible, why you should believe it, and you can weigh it. And evidence that demands a verdict is an apologetics book. Uh, Anyway, this guy, Brady Goodwin, a.k.a. Fanatic, he was a apologetics teacher. And he stated Monday, which is a couple days ago, in a video posted online that he has renounced his Christian faith. It says here, I sent a letter to my church withdrawing my membership and saying that I am denouncing the Christian faith that I have believed, professed, proclaimed, and defended for the last 30 years of my life. And he said this in his Facebook video, which I didn't watch, by the way, but it is linked in the article over on julieroys.com. It says here, a graduate of Lancaster Bible College and Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, he indicated his doubts emerged during theological studies over the past decade. Specifically, he said learning how scholars used pre-existing, quote, theological commitments, unquote, to arrive at translation and interpretation of the biblical text raised questions for him. He compared Christian theology to a Rubik's Cube, 
quote, I began to look at the faith and say, man, you could turn this Rubik's cube any particular way and end up with a different understanding. And who can say that understanding is right or that that understanding is wrong? Asked Goodwin. Over the past 25 years, Goodwin has been a creative force in the tight-knit Christian hip-hop community. In 1996, he adopted the moniker Fanatic and helped form the Cross Movement, a collective of rap artists based in Philadelphia. He recorded 10 records, including six with the Cross Movement, two nominated for Grammy Awards. They collaborated with top artists, including Lecrae, uh, Shay Lynn, and Tedeschi. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Huh? Shay Lynn and Tedeschi. Okay. What he said, the speaking scholar over there. Uh, in a 30-year retrospective of Christian hip-hop, Urban Faith stated that the Cross Movement staked a claim at the top of the Christian hip-hop soundscape. And then this article says, longtime fans, followers of Goodwin respond. The recent video by Goodwin posted on Facebook and elsewhere has garnered hundreds of comments from his followers. Justin Martyr, a hip hop artist, graduate of Moody Bible Institute and minister, commented that he had shared the stage with the cross movement in the past. Praying for Brady. He is one of my heroes in the faith, wrote Martyr. In an episode of All Things Theology podcast posted Tuesday, Pastor Kurt Allen of Solid Rock Church in Riverdale, Maryland, responded to Goodwin's video saying, I don't immediately run to 1 John 2 when this happens. Well, they were never with us, said Allen, referring to 1 John 2.19. He has to die in unbelief to make that statement. As long as he's alive, there's a possibility that he returns to the faith. And that's in parentheses. Carson... Somebody, executive director of the apologetics ministry Uncommon Pursuit, which I actually have never heard of, um, urged against believers turning Goodwin into a talking point or a target for prayer. He stated via email, I respect how Brady demonstrated compassion, vulnerability, and honesty in his announcement. It's okay to acknowledge the complexity of his story. Another commenter on Goodwin's video uh, Cadmiel Valson, based in New York City, noted the explanation seemed incomplete and wrote, quote, I still love this brother and will continue to pray for his journey, but like everyone else, I'm curious about the details. The context for Goodwin's shift goes back to 2008 when artists involved the cross movement parted ways and Goodwin expanded his horizons beyond music. Upon earning multiple degrees including a Master of Arts and Religion degree from Westminster in 2015, Goodwin began to teach character education and apologetics classes at the high school and community college level. He also authored several books, including The Death of Hip Hop, Marriage, and Morals. In his recent video, Goodwin addressed his doubts during these years. I got to the point where I felt like I was, one, being lied to, and two, being trained to lie to other people, he said. He added, I literally told God, if I find one more thing in the scriptures that doesn't have a good explanation without resorting to some kind of having to bend over backwards and hop over barrels to explain it, I'm going to lose my faith. Pastor Allen, while noting the positive past impact of fanatic songs, found parts of the video disingenuous and lacking enough specificity to start helpful dialogue. In some of the comments, people are affirming him, we're with you, brother, but we don't actually know what he's talking about, so it's hard to process, said Alan. And I'm not going to read the rest because it's just a little bit long. But what I do want to say is that I bring this up because Pastor Billy Crone, not too long ago, um, was, well, actually, he's currently doing a series in the book of James, and the book of James, the way Billy is teaching it, um, is really about being able to look at the fruit of real Christians' lives and determine if you have fake brethren among you. I'm not saying this guy is a fake brother, but one of the things Billy, Pastor Billy, brings out in his James series is he highlights people just like Fanatic here who've decided to walk away from the faith. Um, and, um, you know, unlike the pastor or whoever that guy was that we just mentioned, you know, saying he isn't ready to, you know, say that he's an apostate, um, I, as somebody who was not raised in a Christian home, 
look at this and I think, man, that's that's hard. I mean, let's just be real. Being a Christian is tough, okay? Um, if you're a Christian, you're like, oh, it's the best thing in the world. You know, it's roses all the time, you, you know, whatever. I'd be like, are you a real Christian? Because <laughs> for me, I've been a Christian 30-something years, and whereas I have the joy of the Lord, He's my strength, and I have hope, confidence, I know where I'm going after I die, um, being a Christian by any means is not easy, especially when you're living in a post-Christian country, and you're, you are really being targeted and marginalized by the media, the news, entertainment, and everything else, even in the church, because so much of the church today is apostate, you know? Um, unlike somebody who said, don't pray for this guy, I would encourage you to pray for this guy. Um, because you know, maybe he's just having a crisis of faith. Hey, I had a time. I never walked away from the Lord, but I got really ticked off at God. You know, like God can't handle my anger. He totally can handle my anger. Um, I'm, I'm, but I've never like denounced my faith. Never, ever would I ever do that. Um, so to see this is just so heartbreaking and, and. Randall, do you, you have any thoughts on this? Because to me, this is so sad. Um, You're frozen. Yeah, let's go with the freeze frame, but uh, okay. leave some there and we'll just then I'll freeze. Look at slide you. Slide over. Wait, which way do I look? That way. Okay, yeah. wait. All right, that's good. <laughs> anyway, the camera's on the frets, obviously. But um, well, later on in the article, uh, someone talking about him says he, he hasn't, he still has in God, but basically he's looking for God in the world rather than God in the word. Mm. Um, That's a good quote. But <laughs> what you're going to find in the world is godlessness. And you'll find God, you know, uh, by the prevalence of godlessness. But the idea that the word would cause you to lose faith, to me, my faith grows stronger because of the word. And not that I'm a Bible worshiper. I don't worship the Bible, you know. Jesus is, you know, told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures thinking in them that you have eternal life, but there would speak of me. And that's the whole thing. The Bible speaks of the character of God, the character of Messiah, who is the very image of God, the invisible God. And to me, the Bible, where there are some difficult passages, agreed that I'm not sure, uh, there are divine fingerprints all over it. Um, yeah, there are. You know, it's it's it's, it's prophecy. You know, the unity of the thing. You know, just um, uh, there are just anyway. We've been at this for uh, almost fifty-eight minutes, so oh. I'm going to say that. Okay. Yeah, there's my there's my comments. I'm done. <laughs> All right, and we're going to just next, we'll nix the last story just because of the time, because uh, we are trying to keep this to an hour or so. So, you know, any, anyway, hopefully today, one of the things that you got from the show, there's nothing else. I want you to remember the prominence of the Word of God. Look, there's nothing, like, if I were to die and never be able to do another show again, I would hope I would be remembered by the fact that I told you all the time to read the Bible, to believe the Bible, to follow the God in the Bible that loves you. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there is a better life coming for believers. It's not here on this earth. We can expose what's going on now, but there is a better life coming in the age to come. And so, you know, hold on to your faith. Walk circumspectly, right? That's what the Word of God said. You know, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And that's interesting because maybe Fanatic lost his, his, his sight. Maybe he isn't looking at Jesus anymore. It can be tough. It really can. And I'm here to tell you that being a Christian is not for wimps, people. <laughs> it is not. But. It is powerful when you're in the, when you're in the will of God, you're in the word of God and you're in community and fellowship with believers who are in the word of God, your life will change forever. Mine has, and I want yours too. 
too as well. So if you need Jesus, if you want to talk about Jesus, feel free to get in touch with me and Randall. Um, again, go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Check out what we have there. Join our email list. Join my text message list. You got to read carefully. You'll see it there. Make sure also to keep an eye out for Pickleball Faith Inspiration on and off the court. My passion, Pickleball. I love Pickleball, you know. Uh, that's coming out soon. And also, again, if you want to donate to us because you love what we do, we appreciate those gifts as well. Remember, our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time and to also encourage you always to be bold, to stand up, and to go with God because he loves you. And that's the most important thing.